Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James, one of your hosts. And I am Colin, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time, or sometimes day by day. Uh, mm. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why did we go just first names? It This has thrown oh. me a little bit. Spy like, stuff, man. Yeah, I guess. But like at that point, I feel like I'd be like, I'm Flying Lotus or whatever. You know, like I'm, right. I'm, you know, I'm Agent, you know, uh, like some sort of code name. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm Agent Funko Pop. Oh, okay. Uh, that's just the first thing that was literally right in front of me. Colin, I have a question before we get started on anything. James Anderson, I have an answer. Whatever happened to Peggy Carter? You know, I would say she probably went on to just like, you know, because it was the time of 1946, she was a woman. And so she probably was like, oh, I'll go home and I'll start a family, even though I'm really, you know, missing, you know, my uh, significant other kind of that just went in the ice or whatever. But, like, I, f- I feel like she probably had a pretty quiet life, right? Like, there's yeah. certainly yeah. no way that they made an entire, you know, one shot and then also subsequently a TV show with two seasons. Like, what would you what would you write about? What is it, like the Donna Reed show? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it just, like, her being like, this is what life is like in England for a woman, right? Yeah. Like, is that, yeah, what, it, is that what it was? Yeah, I think what it is. I think that it is. No, I haven't. No, it. no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, the that was a good joke that we did just now. That was a good but bit. Can I give it? Can let's I, talk. Here, here's a real answer. Uh, so in Captain America, right? She yeah. kicks butt. Yeah. And so then in 1946, she also kicks butt. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, let's let's get more into that over the next couple of months. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Let's do a deep dive. <laughs> Yeah, let's do a deep dive. Hey, can I, before before you do that, well, sorry, I know not to interrupt you one more time, yeah. just to dictate to people exactly this, because I, I know we've teased it so many times, but yeah. I want to specify that we have how many episodes total to talk about all of Agent Carter? Um, It is going to be a total of, let's see, 7, 10, 12, 17, 21, 24, 34. Okay, so 34 episodes. Now, I know that out loud, that's going to sound like a lot. I want to specify that we did over 60 episodes for two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to be doing 34 to cover an entire series. So just like be aware of like how condensed this is about to be and that we are never going to have ever again a 1931 situation. Right, uh, exactly. because we learned from the mistakes of the past. We, we it was untenable for you, and it was untenable for us. Right. Uh, um, so there you have it. That said, yes. Um, as I was watching to take these notes, I found myself thinking, "Wait, is this a movie or a TV show?" And so, what I decided, and maybe we've already decided this. We talked about this maybe before. Since Agent Carter is a TV show. I treated Agent Carter, the Marvel one-shot, as a TV show. However, when we get to the other one-shots, we may revisit that uh, discussion. One of the things that that means is that I'm about to say a number of of timestamps that you're going to feel is very large. And so 
buckle in because this is the period of it's going to feel like a lot of, of minutes. So what you're going to do is go to the Agent Carter one shot. Uh, it's called like Marvel one shots uh, colon Agent Carter on Disney Plus. You're going to start it at uh, zero, you know, zero minutes and 57 seconds. It's recap. Huh. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's literally just like the ending of cap yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're going to stop at eight minutes and 53 seconds for um, a nice, clean seven minutes and uh, 56 second uh, clip. So here's what happens. A year after Captain America flew the Valkyrie into the ice, Agent Carter is working as a data analyst slash codebreaker at the New York SSR office. Agent Flynn, who is just as horrible in this timeline as he was in the Captain Carter timeline, is her supervisor. Three agents are called on the this-is-where-missions-come-from phone, giving them a lead on the whereabouts of Zodiac. She wants to be out in the field, but he feels she's better suited behind a desk. The agents come back unsuccessful with a shot-up car. Flynn and the boys, the rest of the office of male agents, go out for drinks and leave her to finish their work and lock up. Suddenly, a call comes in on the this-is-where-missions-come-from phone. Zodiac has been located. <laughs> yeah. Peggy decides to take this mission herself and heads off to... Ap- to take apprehend heads off to apprehend zodiac she takes out the guards up front takes out the goons in the middle smokes out the goon that she thinks is the last one but in fact the boss of the level is there with a gas mask on he nearly chokes her to death but she is able to reach her briefcase which has a knife concealed in it she stabs the boss goon in the knee and knocks him unconscious then she opens the briefcase that's on the table and pulls out a vial of blue liquid with a zodiac symbol on it and that's it that is the seven minutes and 56 second scene uh, of her day of adventure, her first day of adventure. So um, this take, well, something interesting that I want to discuss, I think in your episode about the next day, which on the uh, tab for Agent Carter One Shot, the description of, of your segment I called the next day um, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, a little teaser. Here's a little re-tease for, for what I want to talk about in your episode, where this goes in the series. So officially. Yes. Yep. That was something that I was going to talk about as well. Yep. Officially and according to the MCU wiki, it happens here around the Ides of March, March 15th, 1946. That's what I'll tease. Um, I have a rather extensive Avengers Ensemble, which I think I want to get to, but let's do, let if there's anything you want to discuss before we do that, let's discuss it then. And by then, I mean now. Yes, go, let's go ahead. And I mean, I just want to say that, like, really the only thing I really want to discuss about this scene that wasn't mentioned was that when she takes out the goons in the middle. Yeah. I love that what she does is, so she's taken out two people from the front, and there was a third guy who she's, you know, taken into the middle, essentially. Yeah. She strings him up. Well, it doesn't string him up. She uh, uh, handcuffs him. him, handcuffs him. Yeah. Uh, and then she pulls out a weapon. And I mean, again, like this is just such a badass moment where she, you know, says to him, like, yeah, how many are there? I was like, four. She goes, four, including you. And he's like, yeah, uh, which is not true. There was at least five. Right. There's, there's, there's th- four. There's four not including him. It's, right. It's that's four, the that's, key, that's the key is, yeah. is including you. And he answers wrong. Right. Well, also, and then there's also a sixth guy that is the main big bat. Because there's it's, three. It's so there's him. Guard two, hefty guard, goon, goon, there, goon. There's, yeah, three, right. there's three goons, and then there's a guy behind the door, and then there's 
Right. Yeah. So yeah. So his I called him the desk clerk, but the credits call him hefty guard, which I thought, come on guys. <laughs> that's, someone out there just really has it in for folks. So it's like, like a and real just Kelly just, in this situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. And so this is a situation though, where like when she, she has him tied up and she's asking him these questions, then she says, I need you to call for help. And he's like, what? She goes, call for help. And then he just starts going like, help, help. Right. And like, it's like, I need help. And so they start showing up. But after she starts actually kicking their asses, he actually screams like way more, which is funny (laughs) because like he did just see the other fight and like did sort of get, you know, like, but I think it's like, it got worse somehow. Yeah. So at first he's like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like, okay, yeah, she got the drop on me. But like in this case, like there's way more that'll be ready and like on alert. So there's no way that she'll get the drop on them. But then once she really starts just laying into them, the way he goes, help, help, at the top of his lungs is really, really funny and also very satisfying. Um, The the guards up front are like, you know, his cousin, Jimmy and Jerry. But the guys in the back are like the Russians. Yeah. Like, it's like (laughs) you don't know their names. They're just big and they don't talk. Right. They leave in separate cars. Um, I think that this scene is very interesting because it feels like an audition it's kind of mm-hmm. like a little mini pilot. It feels like, look, she can do spy stuff and also martial arts stuff and also like fight the patriarchy, but also have sort of witty rapport. Like it's a real fun, like sampler platter of a, of a scene. <laughs> it's like, it's weird that it's like, in a way it's like a backdoor pilot, but yet yeah. also just a pilot. It's re- yeah. it's very peculiar. Exactly. I, I do think that it's interesting though, because like, Again, the the concept of being like, you know, oh, look, see, she can kick ass, but it's like, but she kicked ass and kept, okay. Right. Yeah. Granted, overall screen time, we didn't get to see her kicking ass that much. So, right. sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. this is, it's it's a really cool, like, it's a pilot, and it's a nice little short event. I mean, it's literally a one shot. Like, if you were, you could do this as an RPG. You really like, could, for sure. Like a side character quest, I just want to play Captain Agent Carter. Here, mm-hmm. you got three levels. You know, you have a setup level. The adventure, it's just that she, a final she boss. She rolls well like, every single time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. There's never All once right. like, a, okay, well, that's not true. I guess there is a moment where she would be like, uh-oh, you didn't do a good enough perception roll, and so yeah. now guy with you mask has pulled the, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. And, uh, uh, and you just trusted him? You didn't do any kind of, you know... Yeah, charisma uh, what's check. It called? Yeah, they did a deception check, and you just were like, "Okay, sounds good." Um, the Marvel role playing game. Yeah, they call their dice rolls uh, D six one six. That's funny. So you roll three dice, and if the Marvel dice, which is the middle one, is a one, that explodes. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, so it's six one six, which nice. is the best thing you can get. Anyways, all right, so. Uh, let's get into Avengers Ensemble, shall we? Avengers Ensemble. This is the Agent Carter one-shot. It was released on July 19th, 2013 at the San Diego Comic-Con, but then it was released to anyone who wasn't at the San Diego Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, on the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray on September 24th, 2013. That's I a feel choice. like that's they, a choice. That's a they did a weird. That's weird. Like what they put 
weird things with things. I agree with that. You know what? I, you know where I think that had a better place of existing? YouTube. Yeah. Just put it there. It's like yeah. so weird. Like because they do the same thing with the Iron Man one. I think. Which one was that? The Hill to the King. Yes. With, uh, Trevor. Yes. Yeah. That one is when not he's in on. Jail and- yeah, because I forgot what yeah. what DVD that's on, but I feel like it's not Iron Man. Yeah, it's something. It's not. It's like I feel like it's on like Thor, Thor. two or something like that. Thor: right? The yeah. Dark World or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a choice for sure. It's like they're thinking maybe if they watch this short film, they'll get the other movie that this is related to. Maybe, which I don't is know. a wild swing. Like, anyways, all right, so. This was written by Eric Pearson, who was also one of the writers of Thor Ragnarok. An update on him, he's oh. writing Thunderbolts. Oh, so, cool. Good, yeah. good. Um, it was directed by Luis Despacito. Oh, yeah, of course. That's a name that we've I don't think we've really mentioned on our show yet. Because he's a producer, right? Because he's like, a producer. But I'll tell you yeah. this. I think, I could be wrong on this, but I think every single movie, at least, at least since it became Disney... For mm-hmm. sure. I think from like Avengers on, but I would I would take a wild stab in the dark that since Iron Man, yeah, he's been a producer slash executive producer along with Kevin Feige on every yeah. single one of them. And then they had that, that song back in 2016 about him, and I just think that song was just really, really good and like a really cool uh-huh. shout out to a sort of behind the scenes person. Um, so... <laughs> He also directed one, one. He also directed one episode of uh, Agent Carter, and then he he directed the one shot, which is called Item Forty Seven, which is like a bank heist one, which is kind of fun. Um, so we meet, uh, we hear about three agents, and I wrote all three of their names down, but two of them don't get uh, credits: uh, Miller and Wilkes. Uh, I don't know who played them. And then the third one, Johnson, was uncredited, but he popped on in there and put his his stuff in the IMDb. Uh, Greg Haynes, and I didn't find any other sort of uh, nerdy, comic stuff that he has done. So, so that's all he gets. That's all he gets. He, you know, a man works so hard and he, he sometimes he can be left with a name. So there's an analyst sitting in front of Peggy Carter at mm-hmm. her, as she sits at her desk. This is John Barinholtz. His brother, Ike Barinholtz, uh, is on was on stuff like the Mindy Project. And he, uh, I know him mostly from being on 60, 68 episodes of the television show Superstore, which is an excellent television show, oh, yeah, which yeah, everyone yeah. should watch. Um, he was also on two episodes of Veep, one episode of Parks and Rec. Uh, people being on one episode of Parks and Rec is a th- mini theme of this Avengers Ensemble, so watch out for oh, more of that. Okay, cool, uh, good. One episode good. of New Girl, two episodes of the Mini Project, and one episode of Key and Peele. Great show. Uh, the God, des- that show is so good. It's so good. Uh, we showed the kids. I tell you, we showed the kids the um, East West. No, um, but like that's, that's incredible. Ones. The desk cl- clerk, which is what I called him, but he uh, is credited as Hefty Guard. <laughs> right. Is Tim Trobeck. Uh, he was on one. He was on one episode of Timeless, which is the time travel show that Chris Yule knows the right. black guy from. Um, there was only one black guy. Yeah. It's. I understand. But, no, know, no, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was on one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he was on one episode of Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Rec. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guard number one is Anthony Molinari. He was on one episode of Westworld, four episodes of Barry. He was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the recent mm. movie. 
he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once. He was in The Forever Purge, um, where they take out Batman Forever and burn all the copies of that. Um, no. Uh, my daughter brought up the concept of the, of the Purge series uh, recently, and I was like, huh. That seems early. Cool. Yeah. Um, he was a militia soldier in WandaVision. Uh, he was okay. in Tenet. He was a mafiosi in Birds of Prey. He okay. was a mob guy in Spider-Man Far From Home, and he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in Captain Marvel, and he was a police officer in Cloak and Dagger. So, we're going to see Anthony Molinari in a position of authority, or at least playing a, a cop, times, in, yeah. several, in several things. Uh, yeah. He was in Future Man, he was in one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Now You See Me, Breaking Bad, and Angels and Demons. Mm-hmm. God, Breaking Bad. Uh, Guard two is Jess King. Uh, he was in one episode of Medium and one episode of mm. Alias, and that was as nerdy as I could find. My mom, and I guess my dad as well, but my mom fucking loved Medium and Alias. They both really enjoy both, but like Medium for a while was like, if if it wasn't West Wing, Medium was like, yeah, being yeah, yeah people love sure. that show. Yeah, Kristen and I watched watched that show like. It's one of those things where you wake up and all of a sudden you've watched four seasons and you're like, this has been four. And like, we watched them like new. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I watched a lot of, well, I mean, that was the other thing too, right? It's like, this is the back in the day of like before VCRs. Nope. Not yeah. VCR. I'm sorry. Uh, DVRs. DVR. I'm sorry. DVRs. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you would have the, uh, you know, you would have these um, VHS tapes where we had, you know, recorded some stuff over the week. And so at the end of the week, uh, on Friday, uh, frequently, not every week, but frequently it would be like maybe Chinese food. And then like, let's watch some of the stuff that we taped this week that we could all agree to. So, uh, goon number one is a guy named Mark oh God, Wagner. We okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was on one episode of agents of shield and he was an extremist soldier in iron man three. So extremist, but so he's in both of the, both of the things you can watch on the iron man Blu-ray. Oh, cool. Um, Good. Hey, isn't that the extremist soldier from the movie? Um, he's the guy you watched this for. Yes, no one else is paying attention to that, but like, you know, 10 years, 10 years ago, James, everyone's going, James, stop. Just watch the stop show. <laughs> no, I really think that's Mark Wagner. Let me look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, goon number two is David Hutchison. He was in the movie Palm Springs, which is an excellent movie that everyone should watch. Um, it's a time loop movie with Andy Samberg. Um, one episode of the Orville, one episode of Westworld, one episode of Supergirl, one episode of New Girl, one episode of True Blood in the movie Moneyball, one episode of Charmed, and he was in Austin Powers 2. Goon number three is Jacob McCafferty. He was in one episode of House. The head goon, or the boss goon, if you will, is Tim Sitarz, S-I-T-A-R-Z. Uh, it's the, it's the cool way that eighties metal groups played their, uh, Eastern instruments, uh, sitars with a Z. He was also in birds of prey. He was in four episodes of Henry danger, which is a show that my kids like. Oh, yeah. um, we've talked about Henry danger before cause it's a superhero show. Superhero show. He was in one episode of agents of shield, one episode of Mr. Mercedes, one episode of grim, uh, one episode of bones, one episode of Veronica Mars. He was in Herbie fully loaded and in one episode of charmed. <laughs> I don't know why Herbie fully loaded just completely took me out just now, but it really like, I mean, sure. I guess that's a nerdy thing. It just, it's just so it's funny. Just, it's a funny thing to have in between all of these, it like really is. Mr. Mercedes. Grim, I, mean, I, I guess it's also a lot of like, he's an agent, 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 a yeah, car exactly. driver in right. Herbie fully loaded. 
you know, full that 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 cut scene where the FBI tries to or the CIA tries to assassinate Herbie. Um, <laughs> that's, that's cars, actually. A bullet has a second bullet has ever, hit the car. <laughs> Do you ever think about though how like certain things in movies like cars implies that people have literally tried to assassinate other cars? Like yeah. there's a Pope Mobile in yeah. cars that then encases the actual Pope Mobile. Like right. the Pope car, which means that right. someone has attempted to take that car's life before, which is yeah. well, I mean, crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, why is that in this cartoon world? It's just so funny to me. Well, the Roman Catalytic Church has done a lot of extreme behavior. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, that was like a catalytic converter. Yeah. I, I also like Cadillac, though. That's very good. The Roman yeah. Cadillac Church. Yeah. I like both of those things. But uh, catalytic converters are what they call their missionaries. Mater, lacto so, mater. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, as as they're leaving, Flynn says they should go to Nelson's, uh, which is a bar. Which I was like, "Ooh, Foggy Nelson," but nope. Maybe they were going to Nelson's gym to work out. Ah, you ever think about how we weird all that like is? to go Th- boxing together? Do you ever think about how weird that is that there's two Nelsons in Daredevil yeah. and like they're not related whatsoever? Not related. Yeah, exactly. You're like, okay, thanks. I guess Nelson is the actual kingpin of the neighborhood. Um, he is the hell. His name is Hell Nelson. And Helson. that's his kitchen. Oh, my name's Vic Helson. Um, all right. Uh, so here's here's the main thing I want to talk about. Okay. Oh, okay. She gets coordinates. Yes. From the phone. This this is where the mission comes from. Phone. Yep. She writes them down. She makes sure she has them right. So I made sure I had them right when I put them into Google Maps and found out where we're gonna go. So. These coordinates take you to a building on Martens Street in the heart of Brooklyn, right on the border between Flatbush and Little Caribbean neighborhoods, a block up and a block over from the Church Avenue subway stop to catch the two and the five. And also, it's a three-minute walk. Well, let me tell you a story real quick. So, I knew my friend Katie lived in Brooklyn. She still does, currently, because I talked to her the other night as she lived in Brooklyn. So, here's here's how the conversation went. I said, out of nowhere at 12.24 in the morning, here's what I expect to be an absolutely unexpected question. How far do you live from... And I said, it's in Flatbush slash Little Caribbean. It's near the Church Avenue station. And she said, Colin, she said to me, she replied to me, nine minutes later, she said, less than from where these coordinates take you. And then she said, I told her where, where, why I was asking. And she said, did you know I lived here? I said, I knew you lived in Brooklyn. <laughs> she said, Brooklyn is big. That's insane. And then she sent me a Google Maps and it's a. That's crazy. So I did what any, I, well, we went back and forth, did some, some wordplay. Then she went to bed. I said, <laughs> hey, if you're in the neighborhood. And I said, as a, as a, as a parenthetical, I said, that's <sighs> a you already live in the neighborhood already joke. Uh. Would you mind taking a picture? Taking a picture. <gasps> oh my gosh, this is exciting. So this is my friend Katie in front of the building where the coordinates take you to that she gets from this is where the mission comes from phone. That's so cool. Wow. So we need to They finally put a uh, metal gating in the windows. I guess after a woman threw a man, full grown man through the window, they're like, "Yeah, oh, we got to get stronger glass." 
Exactly. So we need to talk about this because this is a neighborhood uh-huh. in the middle of Brooklyn, like the middle of the of the of the borough. Yeah. I had always thought now I was tickled and I was looking this up because I had always thought that it was like a dock thing. Like like she was like like that where she was back like she goes in the building, but back behind that building backs up to docks. And I looked at it and it's not, but it's certainly not a neighborhood that I can see. But I do like to imagine that it became a neighborhood in like the 50s and 60s. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking like yeah. this to me gives very strong vibes of like, you know, it was once, you know, like like a, like a like factory, a warehouse almost district. like a warehouse yeah, exactly. district kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like like a lot of things in many areas, honestly, like Austin, Texas is facing this a lot recently where like a lot of mm-hmm. older warehouses or a bunch of things that were like these two or three small buildings being bulldozed and turned into like condos and like apartment buildings. Right. So like, I think that as your population grows, a lot of those things get moved like across the river. Yeah. You know, um, where there's a little bit more land and real estate for sure. And then they go, okay, and now we're going to just build upwards to make space for more people that we can charge an obscene amount of rent to. Um, so yeah, because like when you're outside, in fact, hang on, I'm scrubbing through it. But when you're looking at her walking in from the outside, like it's a it's a pretty wide street, yeah, you know, and like wide like neighborhood and stuff like that an area. Because yeah, it's definitely not docks, uh, but like yeah. she's she's definitely like in a much like wider space. So it's very yeah. clear that there just wasn't like a huge population there at the time. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find um it, like an old a, a satisfying census or anything mm-hmm. of the area. Um, so I, I sort of stopped there and like, I absolutely stopped once I told Katie, I was like, you've just lived your life in a way that has earned you a mention and a discussion about you on our podcast. So congratulations on that. So I did no further research because I feel I had found the, uh, the golden egg. Um, the only other thing that I have is there's a song that's playing, uh, kind of a fun like juxtaposition of she's kicking these people's ass and this sort of jaunty little 40s tune is playing Mm -hmm. um it is by i said i said andrew's sisters question mark and it's not that it is someone named Lori linner it's the song called deep in the night and uh we hear the and she is a modern like a contemporary person of us she is around today and she writes like on a website like i found it on a website that's like licensing songs for stuff so like if you kind of want to have sort of it sounds like this but it's not this but it sounds like it right you go to that website so uh we're actually she they use this song and one other song by her again in the agent carter episode bridge and tunnel which i think is uh episode two of season one so we're going to hear from our, our friend Double L, Lori Linner, uh, one more time, or twice more, I suppose, uh, in Agent Carter. But uh, that is who is singing the song. And for me personally, that is all I have in terms of notes and research and revelations about uh, how close to the this location my friends live. That's very cool. So, yeah, all I have left to say is, Colin, do you want... To decode the social media? Yes, let's decode the social media. Oh, that's the alarm to say answer the phone and look up 
all of our social media accounts. You can follow at Timeline Scav for the podcast. You can follow at Scavengers Net for the Scavengers Network, the network that we're a part of. You can follow at Colin M. Parker for me and Marvel and Star Wars and Buffalo Bills and Rooster Teeth slash Achievement Hunter. And you can follow James at Unabashed James for, for uh, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wizard pictures of often Anna Kendrick or Alexis from yes, Schitt's Creek. Of um, uh, song stuff. Uh, you can follow me for if I'm listening to an episode of this show and I remember that I thought of a joke that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get some deleted scenes from, from old Jamesy's head. What I should have said was... What, right, exactly, exactly. Um, or a clarification about what I meant because I listened to it and I'm like, James, that makes no damn sense. So... Um, it's I'm, I'm I'm a good follow, especially if you're listening, because guess what? I'm listening, too. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you can also follow Nick Bramald, who did the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D. And that is also nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. And with that, it's going to do it for us on this episode of Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.